Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Margo and I are in the same room, which I was trying to remember has only happened, I don't know how many times on a podcast. Your birth story with Arrow was one. Mm -hmm. I don't know what other ones we have. Not very many, that's for sure. The walk and talks don't count because we were together. Right. Right. And I was out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) And it was freezing. (laughs) You were trying not to slip. That's right. Cool. Yeah, this is one that I feel like I have been thinking about for a couple years. I remember having kind of like a dialogue with someone in our wise woman circle about, I think, some of the things we'll talk about. Um, So, yeah, it's been a while. But this has been on my mind. Right. Well, you should start us off then. Okay. Well, water birth. It's a thing that I feel like a lot of people ask me about, especially when they're like pretty new to the idea of birth. It's kind of like an entry point. And I think it's because it feels so novel and like, um, yeah, just so novel. And they've maybe seen photos or videos or heard about this water birth thing. Um, I feel like it's kind of in the same category as, like, placenta encapsulation or now mm-hmm. vaginal steaming. It's like this, right. you know, it's a sort of like a hot topic, right. or at least it has been. Um, so, yeah, even, like, on my website I was editing earlier today, I have on there, like, yes, I do water births because um, it's a thing I feel like a lot of, especially more mainstream people, kind of ask. Uh, like, oh, do you do that? And they want to, like, hear about that and like babies born underwater and they all ask kind of the same questions about like how does the baby not breathe underwater which I guess we can talk about but right yeah and I think a lot of the words I saw with you during my apprenticeship a lot of them were water births right. we should add that to our stats form yeah I would be curious to see how many and I agree with a lot of what you said or all of it really um, it seems like it's synonymous with home birth yeah. for people that are new. Like, they just think if you're going to have a home birth, you're going to have a water birth. And I think it's fun to think about, well, I guess we'll talk about why that is or, like, what people think that is or how that's different somehow mm-hmm. from just birth. Mm-hmm. And maybe how it's, like, not as pretty or romantic to just think of having your baby, you know, on mm-hmm. your bathroom floor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, as a student myself, I feel like I saw mostly water births, which mm-hmm. I think I've said on other podcasts, contributed to, well, a lot of good things as a student, um, but a lot of learning that took more time, I felt like, because I just never saw the birth process, really, like, mm-hmm. just all underwater, and then the baby was out. So it made it yeah. hard as a student to learn what that looks like when someone's not in water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many different directions to take it. I guess what I was going to say after that was just that 
I feel like in the last couple of years, I've seen a lot less mm-hmm. than I saw as a student. Why do you think that is? I guess that's what we'll talk about. Well, I mean, I think part of it perhaps is, I mean, it sounds kind of like self-centered or something, but like I yeah. have had two land births. Right. Um, and I talk about it with my clients prenatally. I have three pools um, that I loan out and then they can get liners for if they want to use them. Pretty much everyone that I work with has one. Um, but I feel like just the, the images that they're seeing and the stories that they're hearing, um, you know, and the midwife that they chose, like myself, like I, I show them photos and videos of my births. Um, and I had both of mine on the ground. So I don't know if there's like just an element of right. seeing is believing and like just imprinting yeah. what it might look like. Um, yeah, that's so influential. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same since my last two were documented land births as well. That somehow, I don't know what it is, if people feel like they have permission to do that. Um, or I don't know, just like seeing how a person does that, like how do they move around or like what position would they choose on the ground and yeah, not wanting to be in a pool or just knowing that it's open to do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess that can be a good segue into like one of the reasons I think water birth has become so popular and I think it's again just like not having the imaginal power um, to kind of, yeah, imagine what it would look like outside of the hospital. So, mm-hmm. like, we see the lithotomy position in a bed. Mm-hmm. It's like birth happens in that spot, mm-hmm. that place, and in that way. Right, that's the way it looks. And so I think people, when they haven't had a lot of exposure to other ways that it can look, think, well, there needs to be a way that it happens at home. Mm-hmm. Like, there just needs to be, like, a home birth version mm-hmm. of that. Not saying everyone chooses it for this reason, of course. That's always a good Well, it's like an underlying, like, thing maybe, like, in our culture. It's not like people are consciously thinking that. Right. Like, in the hospital, you have a baby in the bed. And when you're at home, you have a baby in the pool. Right. Or in the bed. Mm-hmm. Like, when I talk to high schoolers, they mm-hmm. often, I usually halfway through remember, like, oh, they don't even know that part. Mm-hmm. I say, where do you think a baby comes? Like, what position is someone usually in? And mm-hmm. they all say, oh, yeah, on their back with their legs up. Oh, man. Um... Right. And then when I say no, most of the babies I see born are, you know, born on a floor. And they go, what? Like, how would, like, they don't even know how to conceptualize what that might look like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that way, then, of course, like, water birth is an awesome option. And that would be a great thing for teenagers to know about. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder, too, if it's just a way of, like, hiding away Mm -hmm. the real images of birth. You know, like the poop and the blood and the... Yeah. You know, people are sort of protected from anyone seeing that, us, partners, whoever. And I think that does feel better and safer to some women. And there's probably more to that, too. You know, just that container, that literal container. A literal container. And, of course, you know, I think there's lots of other resources that talk about all the benefits of water birth, the things that people love about it. So we don't necessarily need to, like, go there. But there are, like, good reasons. And some people really love how it feels. Yeah. I mean, there are, but by the same token, like, people should just choose what feels best to them. In the moment. Yeah, not because mm-hmm. there's, like, an alleged benefit on a list. Right. I mean, I think Waterbird's awesome. I've had a few myself, but I don't know. Not for that reason. Yeah. Not for any of the reasons that they highlight on a list. That also feels very, like, mm-hmm. 
almost medical in a sense Um, because we're all so different and women that hate water won't experience those benefits and you know etc so yeah well and where I think you were going with what your thread a moment ago (laughs) felt like in addition to it being kind of like a more hidden private place like just the way that medicalized midwifery has made that kind of a necessity for a lot of people um which has which makes sense but I think also has drawbacks like you know I when I was at the birth center for a couple weeks during part of my apprenticeship like I did a vaginal exam on somebody in a pool like it is possible um or like checking the baby for court when their head is out like can still happen like like I think there's a false sense of security for some in some cases Um, but I think that that sometimes informs like this trend as well like as midwifery has gotten less good at leaving people alone and um giving them privacy and letting them be undisturbed honoring that space um women have sort of like taken this as a kind of a way around that yeah Um, it makes me think of that one water birth video we show in the free workshop which mm -hmm. is no longer on youtube oh the birth center oh yeah um, and it is a water birth, but there are six hands yeah. for the birth of the baby and gloves and all kinds of stuff. And when I watched that one, I just wonder if that woman feels cornered. So in that case, water could maybe feel like you're trapped, you know? Mm-hmm. So comes back to the original point of people knowing what they want and not really choosing based on location. Yeah, the other thing that kind of popped in my head, these are all variations on the same theme, but things I think that are interesting to think about, like, I think another part of it is like, oh, I'm having a home birth, so I'm going to use this fantastical tool, like, to make it possible. Like, I need a thing to make it so it's okay and doable, and this whole, like, narrative around, like, the liquid epidural, and I remember during my first birth thinking, like, whoever made that phrase up uh i'm i'm mad at them right now because this is not that yeah Yeah. Um, it can definitely disappoint yeah and that's another aspect that i think i like to talk to people about ahead of time like it might be amazing it might provide a lot of relief and feel really good for all the reasons we know it can um but it also might be a you know don't put all your eggs in one basket and i think that's what i've seen sure i've seen some people do they're like oh i'm having home water birth everything is good right like, as long as I've got that thing in my plan like I'm golden right yeah and people that have had babies I feel like if they say that that's often what they do because they know how they do it or mm-hmm. they know what they want yeah but for first births it's a great tool and that's how I put it like yeah. sure let's have a pool we'll help you set it up where do you want to put it but it's a tool don't think about the baby being born in it necessarily like mm-hmm. no one cares we don't care mm-hmm. you can do what you want and I think related is many people will choose to put the pool in a very open space I mean some don't some mm-hmm. go in their bedroom but like kitchens or like family rooms mm. and I found those are the ones that often end up in Not the bathroom really. corner yeah. yeah because they're it's like a stage or something I mean the pools are big they're not so they need a big room yeah yes <laughs> It's like weird to all of a sudden have this giant pool in your kitchen. Yeah, I guess that's another aspect we've talked about is like 
you know, when we're talking about home birth and women's feeling private, safe, and unobserved, and you know, in their power and in their normal environment, like what does the what is the impact of having an inflatable pool all of a sudden appear? You know, like I didn't do it at all with my second birth, and I think it was really good to not be like, when am I gonna blow it up? And like, How am I in labor? And yeah. like, and it being like a thing that, that had to change too. Like I have to change something in my environment because I'm in labor yeah. instead of like, I'm just going to live my life right. and continue my life while in labor. Um, and I did use my bathtub, which was really nice. Yeah. And I did enjoy it way more than I enjoyed the pool with my first birth. But, um, yeah. Like what does that stress do? And like, often I feel like it stresses partners out. Right. This is all sounding like I like hate pools, which is not true, but <laughs> it's good to have the flip side. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, we hate them. I think it's really just like... I have we're... said that, though. <laughs> In moments. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess I'll be honest. I wouldn't say I hate, but, like, I don't need people to have a birth in a pool for any reason other right. than if they want to. Yes. I don't think it's the greatest. I don't think it's the worst. I don't notice any difference in right. babies transitioning. I don't notice any difference with how people seem to interpret labor sensations. Right. So it just always comes back to do what works. But frankly, it's a hassle for a lot of people, yeah. and that's how I wound up feeling. And I think that's something I probably like Project, pass on a little yeah. bit um, because I'm not as helpful. <laughs> like when I was a student, we had all the equipment, like mm-hmm. the sump pump, all of it. And as a student, I got to do it all. I got it's a to huge part of the job. Yeah, like I was, yeah, cleaning up pools, which is not fun. Um, so I kind of swore, and again, maybe selfishly, like just as a midwife, like I wasn't gonna promote it that hard like if you want it then you're gonna do it just like if you want an ultrasound yeah you should go do it um but it's a lot of work and it falls on someone you know and if it's the partner I don't know if this is what you were trying to say but like it's a it's a big responsibility to figure out the timing and then you know figuring out how to empty it and all that and the temperature keeping it hot and Russell it's not not very annoyed (laughs) Right. But how many times he had to like heat it up and bail it out the first birth and um yeah, but like you said, it falls on someone. Someone's energy is gonna go to that. And I can even think of um some recent ones where I was being helpful and thinking like, wow, I could have like made her a meal. I mean I did, but like maybe I would have made her another meal or like right. done something with the other kids or like right. I don't know, it cleaned up better if I hadn't had to spend the time on that. Um, which isn't to say that it was not a good choice. It's just... Right. Uh, Again, if someone wants it, I'll do whatever they want. Yeah. But the last birth I had one set up was Belgium's. So wow. she was the fifth baby. Um, and so I intended to use it. And I yeah. remember <laughs> so clearly, like, my son at the time was like, I don't know, how old was he? Five or six? Mm-hmm. Five? And it was super helpful and... It was a brand new pool. I remember like exactly where we put it and mm-hmm. they set it up, Jason and, and Egan set it up. I got it for maybe one contraction and I felt like a caged animal. And I never got in one again. Mm-hmm. It just like doesn't work for my yeah. brain. It makes me feel trapped. Yeah. And like wet. Yeah. <laughs> wet. Soggy. Well, and it's like Okay, this sounds extreme, but I'll share it anyway. It's almost like 
I had a little PTSD around being in a pool myself because mm -hmm. the feeling in my other labors was so artificial. Like, I can smell the pool, mm. and I can remember, like, being in it and, like, like how it feels to, like, have that weird plastic against your skin and, like, somehow associating that with, like, the pain of labor in my brain. Mm. That sounds crazy. Um, so I felt like I didn't want to experience that way anymore, and I had a lot more freedom with my body to not be in there. Like, there's only so many things you can do in there. Right. And so that's and getting in and out and in and out, like like you said too, with the first birth, which you know I think again, pretty much every person that I work with has a pool of some sort. Um, but yeah, there's only like you said, there's only kind of so many positions, and when people get hot or cold or like want to get out, like it's just like it doesn't. I mean, it's funny because one of the things we talk about, I think, with water birth is that it promotes mobility because you're you know, more weightless and easier yeah. to switch positions, but in other ways it inhibits mobility. You can't walk around in the pool. <laughs> I mean, you could get up, um, but then you're going to be cold and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, in some ways it promotes mobility. Like you can change positions, but like, I, I mean, I personally have experienced being able to change positions on land quickly too, even mm -hmm. though I was an enormous pregnant person. Yeah, and I guess that reminds me of labor, too, when people, like, kind of hang out in the same position in the pool or the pool in general for hours, you know? I mean, you can get dehydrated and just kind of, like, I don't know, weakened in a certain way from just being in there. I don't know. I feel like it's a morale bummer too like mm -hmm. if someone thinks they're getting in the pool because they're gonna have their baby in the pool like that time they're in the pool you know like this is the time I get in and it's coming out and then it doesn't and like they need right. to get out and we need to fix the pool up again like it can be such like a energetic right bummer too yeah I know it's such a funny thing I mean labor is a funny thing but that's a a feeling I often have around it is someone, especially first births, if someone's in it for a while and like you as the midwife start to feel like we should probably get out. Like there's just something about the energy that gets super stagnant in there. Well, cause they're in the same like five square feet. Well, right. And even like, you know, Michelle O'Donnell and all his water birth stuff, like the point was, the point was to have the woman get in sort of in almost transition-y, like six, seven centimeters, and get in to have a baby within, I don't know what, right? Like an hour or two, probably. Mm -hmm. So it really makes you think just how does it work or not for someone mentally, emotionally, when it's like hours and hours in and out of water. Just floating around. Yeah, when like we're not, we may like water, and I, again, I totally honor people that are like, I'm a water person, I must have a pool. Yeah. But if you're not, then to spend many hours of a day, even one day, in water seems strange. It does. Because we're not water creatures. I mean, we are when we're in utero, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. That's interesting. My leg fell asleep. It hurts so bad. Ah! <laughs> Don't shake it! <laughs> oh dear. It's funny. Yeah. It's like it turns into like a birth broth. <laughs> like, just like a sad, like, you know, and it's not the same energy of being like, okay, let's try the toilet for a while. Now we're going to go, you know, like, you know, and someone like getting up and going in the other room on, and like, I want to walk the stairs yeah. or, you know, 
it's not the same as like, I'm gonna get in the pool, and then like, I'm gonna get out of the pool. Like, there's, it's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really think of a birth. I mean, maybe there is one, but especially like a longer first birth kind of thing where someone had a pool and then at the very end ended up birthing in it. It's like, yeah. by the end, when you've been doing this for a while, you know, you need that like shift in energy and gravity to be like, okay. It's usually not the thing people choose at that point. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very interesting. I mean, the people that usually love it are the ones that, yeah, like get just in, have that kind of labors. Yeah, they get in, they're in there a couple hours, they have a baby. Um, I know with my first water birth, <laughs> like I didn't get it at all because I didn't know anything, but I thought it was cool because I was having my first home birth and it was just assumed yeah. that I would have a baby in the pool. Like, I didn't even know that anyone asked me. No one forced me. Yeah. But I remember like being in the bathroom on the toilet and feeling like the baby was going to come. And it actually was the sack, but he was behind it. Hmm. And um, like I jumped into the pool because like that's... That's what you do. That's what I was kind of taught in the brief time I had with my midwife. You know, like Hmm. when the baby's coming, you get in the pool, which of course for pain relief is absolutely silly. It didn't do anything. And the pool was too hot. People have heard this story before. So Jason was throwing ice in, and it wound up just being like kind of funny and dramatic, and you know, but you perfect. Could have just had a... I could have just had, but I was freaked out. Like I had never had a baby at home, and there was something like so real and raw about like feeling all of it and like just being on my bathroom floor. Right. Like instead of in that safe place right, where you're right, supposed right, to have right. a baby. Right. Yeah. Like it felt scary, mm-hmm. and of course I flip flops now. Like I'd much rather mm-hmm. be on the safe space of my floor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's interesting to think of how people might perceive it all. It is so interesting. Hmm. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's always stuff, I guess, and we all know there's people that are, like, super into it as a, you know, call themselves water birth midwives, for example. And that's cool. I mean, I don't, I don't really, like, understand or resonate with that because I feel like I, I want people to do what they want to do. But maybe those people only get people that want water births for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, like, one of my mentors... Who's done lots of breech births, etc. She says that she won't have it any other way. Like if she gets a say for something like that to happen in water for breech. Yeah, where like I do not have that comfort level, right? And I don't know that I ever will or would. But that's you know not something I've been exposed to. So everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that was the other part. Maybe, and I don't know that this is too different than what we've already said, but for the sake of saying it, since that's this is probably the only time I'll ever talk about it on a podcast. Um, I think there's also this assumption, I mean, like I said, the liquid epidural thing, and also that, like, a water birth is inherently, like, peaceful and calm, and there's candles, and, like, it's part of, like, the romanticism of home birth. But, like, um, yeah, and yeah. music and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And so, again, I think it can be either disappointing or or just like huh like that's not what I quite thought it would be like it was just kind of like I was just wet I could have done that without the pool but <laughs> right and so I just think it's an interesting thing especially and I guess we didn't talk about this but like there's such a huge market like hundreds of dollars for pools and like 
Yeah, it's not a cool rentals and like yeah. So I definitely try and keep it low key. I do have like I said, I have pools for people, but they're like the economy model. Um, and I don't know that I'll replace them once they're gone. Right, I know. It's always I don't even buy them. I um, just take inherited pools yeah. from clients that buy them and want to give them away because mm-hmm. they don't really want them hanging around their house. Um, and I think that's also funny because I feel like the pools, you know, kind of get the energy of the people that own them. And mm-hmm. I've had a few that, like, no one else ever birthed in. Yeah. No one ever births in them. They were just made for that person or something. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, lots of things to think about. Mm-hmm. But, again, yeah, I'd always recommend people figure out what they really want. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of, like, try to feel it in their bodies. And if you're on the water birth track, maybe you feel kind of like pressured or I don't know, maybe your midwife like has the list of supplies you're supposed to get. It's like, does that feel right to you? Because it is, it's a lot of extra stuff to get ready when you're having a baby. Just ultimately maybe a distraction mm-hmm. from what is most important. Um, yeah, I guess my parting words would be like, to just be really open-minded about how it can look and watch lots of videos and, you know, check out birth photography and see the many different ways that babies can come and know that you'll know the right way in the moment. But I think if you haven't thought about it and, you know, tried to expand your horizons in the moment, you know, like the only time I've ever seen someone give birth on a bed, I think, was at the birth center. Mm. And I think it was because there were people who hadn't really thought about, like, where will I have the baby? Like, obviously I'll have it on the bed, you know? So... We have the intuition, but I think we have to, like, give ourselves permission and practice using it before that moment Yeah, totally. That reminds me. I met with someone yesterday who's having their first baby, and, you know, I was like, next time when I come to your house, like, let's do your house tour. And I kind of tried to explain what that meant. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, my house isn't that big. I'm like, no, I mean, just let's go to room room to room. And, like, I want to hear your thoughts on, like, how that room feels and... Mm -hmm. She does want to set up a pool, so like, let's talk about where that could work, or mm-hmm. maybe the benefits or drawbacks, or time of day that you would feel better here or there. I mean, it does pay to think about it, and then in this person's case, you know, like blessing the space and yeah. saying prayers around the house, and I don't know, just like starting to feel it in whatever way it ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, luckily it will be in the house, you know? Yeah. And that's really cool. It's super cool. We could do a whole podcast on that part of, like, yeah. where babies are born. Like, mm-hmm. even, whether it's the pool or not, like, the spot that they're born. Like, it just feels so special and cool and, like, um, I guess I'll say, like, 20 seconds worth of it. But, like, with Arrow's birth, I set up, like, that whole spot in my yeah. room. We had a light. So yeah. then we made photos, we, which is actually ultimately good because photos in there didn't turn out but um we had a gopro set up because yeah. i was like that's where i'm gonna have the baby right where else would i have the I baby know. and i had the baby next to the toilet right which is hilarious i mean i'm a midwife and i know that that's where a lot of people have their babies but i was like why would i be near the toilet that doesn't seem like it makes any sense to me like how i, I felt know. like and i even thought if i had the baby in the bathroom i had like a spot where i thought i would do it mm. and yeah. alas yeah that's a great way to end you know like do we ultimately have control we don't we're just open to it and mm-hmm. well unless your house is really small like mine because I feel like I didn't I don't have a lot of options yeah. so you know you can have a house like that too where you're like well um, it's pretty much going to be here 
unless something happens, unless I go outside and, but, yeah. Yeah. But even, I mean, maybe that is a fun thing to talk about, like, even you've had multiple birds at your house, they've all been somewhere different, a little bit, at least pointing a different direction. Right, right. Which is cool. Yeah. Well, right now, Ever was downstairs, Mm -hmm. which is, like, weird because now the downstairs is kind of different, so it's even hard to imagine. Yeah. The room she was born in, it doesn't feel, it's not the same room, so it feels really weird. It's like an imaginary mm-hmm. location, but I never thought of that. I mean, I just went down there to get away from people. That was all. a bath. I took Speaking a bath. And, yeah, I never intended to birth her in the basement, so. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah, I wonder too if with my second birth with Arrow, um, if I had had a bigger bathtub, if I would have just let them come out in the water, yeah. something about it just felt really weird. I mean, it was just not big enough. But if it had been, I still don't know that I would have done it right. that way. Because I like being, I liked being able to be up. Yeah. Well, and not to like go on tangents, but water birth and bathtubs is quite a different topic for most like normal right. sized people. I don't understand, although we just witnessed one, so people do it. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, people do it, and when it happens, that's where it happens, but, like, I've always thought, you know, how do you get your legs wide enough? <laughs> like, for me, like, just the way my body is, like, I I couldn't yeah. do it in a bathtub unless I was forced to, mm-hmm. um, but I get the getting in and not being able to get out, because right. I feel like that... Like stuck. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a theme of... Well, when a baby's coming, regardless of whether it's in water or not. Well, this is fun. This is awesome. We might do another round or two here if we have time. But if not, this could be it. This could be the only podcast we're on together for quite a while. So thanks for listening. And if it's sometime soon-ish, we have our Birth Warrior Project doula training program here at Indie Birth. So check out IndieBirth.org forward slash Birth Warrior Project. It's probably our most, I don't know, like loved and influential course at the moment. So we'd love to see more of you all around the world who want to get involved in birth in some way. And it's a great start. All right. Thanks for listening.